Welcome to the Gear Slum, your one-stop shop for all things guitar culture nonsense. Now with t-shirts, I'm Aaron. <laughs> I'm Phil. I'm Cole. I'm Kevin. We slum it hard so you don't have to. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> you paused just long enough. I wasn't sure if you were going to say it. Yeah. You know, for a dramatic effect. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Kevin Equitz. Kevin is the name of, I hope none of my family's listening to this, my favorite uncle growing up. <laughs> <laughs> what, you mean your entire family doesn't listen to this podcast? Even the ones that yeah. don't That'd be weird. at all? <laughs> How weird would that be? <laughs> all of my brothers are... Hi, Dukes. <laughs> Oh, I was just talking. I was just talking to my brother last night, uh, the one who lives in California and has never played guitar. He and his wife, uh-huh. and they're redoing the floors in their in one of their rooms. And they're like, "Yeah, we're using red oak." That's, and he's like, "You know, the same wood that Phil built his amp out of." <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So, you know, the stuff they sell at Home Depot. Yeah, exactly. It is sounds right fancy. It's not really. The... It sounds fancy, but it's not really. <laughs> hey, it, so, could, it could be very fancy. You don't know that. Yeah, I mean, it's just because it's inexpensive. It's like Paulowina. Mm-hmm. Paulowina. <laughs> hey, it is expensive. It's way more expensive than pine. Oh, well, there you go. Or toothpicks. You can't make an amp out of toothpicks. Don't be ridiculous. Or out of them. Oh. Dude, I saw this video where these this couple did their whole living room floor um, with pennies. With pennies? Yeah, and, dude. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah. It looks awesome. Kevin, they like glued them down you... and then they did like acrylic over it. Yes. <clears throat> could you do a guitar covered in pennies? Uh, probably. With the, with the you know it might not be the same effect because it's I think maybe it's the large surface that makes it look so cool and shimmery. But you right. couldn't use it for most um, genres of music. Why not? Because it would be a heavy metal guitar. Oh, now come on. <sighs> okay, thanks for friendship, guys. I'm going back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> So we got Kevin Equitz here. Kevin is a member of the Slum Hearts Street Crew. You know it. Well, <laughs> if I'm still a member, you know. Cause... Everyone who who was a member is still a member. Okay. For now. Because there's uh there's some sort of like I think it's like a, a tear in the time space continuum in my garage, and it's like stuff just disappears into another dimension. Oh, that's um, right. There's a there's a router bit in there. Um, two sets of like slotting files for not actually two exact same sets. I, I replaced one because the first one disappeared. And apparently the envelope with my stickers and street crew 
patch. Oh yeah, that's right. I need to. Yeah. But I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this, I thought maybe that that man, I'm out of the group. You know, it's like I, I failed in my duties yeah. or something. <laughs> You're no longer welcome here. That's what I figured. All right, guys. I mean, it's, you're allowed as long as it's not like an official group meetup. Okay. Only the unofficial. <laughs> you won't be able to prove your entry. Prove your entry. I was thinking, I was thinking it's fine to lose the patch as long as it, it's like being an American citizen. You, you, you can only lose your citizenship if you go into a uh, right. yeah. foreign embassy and renounce your citizenship on like to a public official. That's the only way you can lose it. Is that really how it works? Well, if you, (laughs) if you read one time I was bored on an airplane and I read the back of my passport and there's, there's a list of things that you could do to lose your citizenship. And they're really weird. It's like, you know, fight with the foreign army and, and it's like, okay, yeah, of course. But then the war crimes basically. Yeah, but one of them was like a walk, Facebook walk like into a, a Facebook argument with a foreign army, right? <laughs> or like oh, I if, do that all the time. If I went on another podcast and then I just renounced this podcast, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. like if you went in the inner circle and posted about how you hate us or something. Yes. Uh, if you, it, if you... <laughs> what if it's like the Godfather though, where he's like, "Do you renounce Satan?" and he says, "I do renounce him," but everyone knows he doesn't really renounce him. Oh. Hmm. He renounced Satan and Godfather. What's well, part yeah. of becoming? It's a part God of the parent. baptismal. Yeah. Oh, right. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he really that's likes the best Satan. part. The last five minutes of that movie, the first five and the last five, and also everything in between. But I haven't watched some, that some of movie in a long time. Movie. I watched all so. three of those movies on a trainer, like on a. Like, have you ever seen rollers, like bike rollers? You you ride your bike on these stationary yeah, 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 yeah. rollers. Uh-huh. You have to, like, keep your balance and stuff. I watched all three of those movies while I was riding on rollers, like, a long time ago. And our, when, we first got, when I first got married in, a, in this tiny little apartment, I'd sit there rolling in my kitchen because that's the only place <laughs> that it would work. Watching The Godfather. I have very specific memories about that, but apparently not of everything that happened in the movies so kevin um yep. <laughs> you build yeah. guitars yes sir i try to what's your favorite thing about building guitars <laughs> i don't know there are lots of little favorite little parts i guess like right now actually what i'm looking at i'm, I'm in the shop which aka my garage um so I'm down here right now and I'm looking, I've got a neck on the bench and, and what I'm doing is shaping the, um, like the part of the heel that connects to the body. And then, you know, when it transitions to the curved part of the neck. And so okay. kind of like, like translating from, you know, the flat blocky area that needs to stay flat and blocky to the part mm-hmm. that's got to be all like, you know, more like organic curve kind of a more dimensional carve like that's a lot of fun um is that called the armpit <laughs> should be <laughs> oh wait that doesn't make sense if the whole thing is the neck yeah <laughs> it's, it's more like the collarbone still, i guess 
Phil is horribly Phil's horribly deformed for those who don't know. <laughs> well, the the anatomy doesn't always make a lot of sense on a guitar because the like the way a neck connected to the armpit. <laughs> yeah, because the neck the neck and the heel, which are like opposite ends of your oh, body. That's true. That's right. True. And then See? the way that the neck is shaped, they'll refer to it as the shoulders, which is mm. like on the back contour. It's like it's got very steep shoulders. So yeah, yeah it's, wow. and then like the body itself, sometimes they'll call like the face of it the top, but mm-hmm. the, the back of it is still the back, not the bottom. It's oh, really yeah. weird. Yeah, that is weird. So the, the top and the back and then the neck and the shoulders. And, yeah. yeah. It yeah, doesn't make a lot of sides sense. Sides and top, yeah. Yeah, but we don't question it. So you're you're forced to use all these words that you don't necessarily agree with. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's nothing to lose sleep over, but yeah, it's it's just it's funny. Wait, you don't lose sleep over words like me and Aaron do? That was a yeah, that was a subtle uh, nod. A subtle big. Just trying to avoid an argument here. Yeah. Uh, so that was a so, very yeah. subtle intervention. Just calm down, yeah, guys. Exactly. That's all he said. <laughs> no, but there are lots of, like, like once the, the neck and the body are, are like fit together and, and you either attach them or, you know, like that, then it's, it feels like more guitar-ish, if that's a, mm. a word or not. Mm. But instead of two separate pieces, like now you can really yeah. get a sense of, man, this thing is, um, you know, now it feels real. You can kind of hold it up, even though the neck isn't shaped, but you can kind of get a sense of like how it's going to feel when it's done. Um, and balance and stuff like that like right. it starts to exactly yeah. yep and then there's that whole like dr frankenstein moment where you know after you wired it up and you plug it in and you turn it on and it's like you hear it and like notes come out of it and, like that's pretty trippy <laughs> but nothing What's... beats um when you actually hand it off to the person you know to like you've been working on it for months and they've been watching it for months and they finally see it like in person after looking at it through pictures. Like that's the best. Yeah. What's your average build time right now? I'd say at best, like four months. Um, okay. So like, you know, more realistically, probably about five or six for something like, oh, like the, the Rayburn, which is pretty standard. <laughs> <laughs> the like a the Ashford, you know, like the semi hollow one, like that that takes longer because there's more steps. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I'm trying to, I keep it to kind of a small number anyway, so it's not like mm-hmm. I have a ton going at, at any given time. I try to keep it focused to just a few, so that mm-hmm. helps kind of keep it down. Like right now, the ones that I'm working on, I'm doing everything kind of in the same like step batch, I guess. Like did all the fret work wow. at one time. And so right now I'm, I'm going to be shaping all the necks. I've got four necks to shape, um, but the bodies are all cut out. You know, they've all got like neck pockets cut, that kind of stuff. So, you know, when I have kind of all those tools and that stuff like set out, you know, I can kind of, um, I can do those steps all together. If that makes sense. Mm, totally. Okay. So if this is a, if your answer is boring, then just go pass. But <laughs> pass what what if we think his answer is boring can we say pass after he gives his answer i'm gonna reserve the right what to made you shut down the question if it's boring first though what's on the ashford it's a semi-hollow what's the construction is it do you just route out the the bottom and then put a top on it 
Pretty much, yeah. I, I the both Just sides. I mean, the, I mean the back and the sides. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm just I'm having flashbacks to like the whole tortilla thing. Um, <laughs> Please don't. I'm gonna cut that. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's hollow. Um, you know, about maybe a half an inch away from the whole perimeter of the guitar, like to the center. The, the there's a a center block that kind of remains untouched except for there's a spot like in the back, like, like behind where the, um, like the, the bridge would be. Um, uh-huh. but it doesn't connect all the way around from side to side. Does that make, so there's kind of like three cavities, yeah. but both um, sides are hollowed out. Both sides are hollowed out, but I, oh, that's cool. I only go like so deep. So what I can do is I carve the back as well. So I, mm-hmm. I leave enough, you know, depth, I guess, left on the, the wood to carve out the back. So there are some things that I've been wanting to try, you know, some stuff that I like sketch out on my, my notes while I'm at work, uh, you know, like different construction things. Like it'd be fun to try one that's maybe like an all, because um, I usually use mahogany for the body, but do like a, a mahogany core and then make, carve two separate like maple tops that fit on the, the front and back. I mean, it still wouldn't be considered like a full, hollow or anything like that not like a traditional because right. yeah, like steam... you're not like bending flat pieces of wood around the sides exactly yeah that's that's just something i'm not set up for and i you know that's just a a, a degree that that i'm not ready to get into well, that's yet. just like that's just a completely different type of guitar really Ex- yes right yes. right exactly so for now it's yeah the the maple top is carved it's carved on the the um the top and like the inside the underneath okay and, that, yeah that's and awesome. i i leave the center um untouched the same place that it matches up with the mahogany it's it's hard to explain i guess without like you know drawing no, I know. a piece of paper but... i understand what you're talking about okay it, it structurally it, it keeps everything like much more solid right right exactly and it helps feedback stuff like that probably yeah it, the this the idea of it really was to keep like solid wood from the you know the whole neck all the way to where the neck meets the body you know down to where the the bridge is mounted you know with yeah, the pickups yeah. and everything because the, the the first ones that I've done um, they've had P90s like the soap bar um, P90s mm-hmm. which I like because they don't they don't have a ring around them like because the top is carved so it's just got uh, a footprint that is the, the exact shape of the thing and it just sit straight down in there because mm-hmm. um, when you have a carved top and you're trying to deal with the pickup rings um, they need to be curved oh, yeah, too yeah. and it just gets weird um, mm-hmm. so that this way you can carve like all the way through you can have the top totally domed or you know whatever and the p90s just sit down in it but they need to sit on something so that's why i keep yeah, everything yeah. solid through you know, underneath gotcha. so my question was going to be um what when you first did this, like your first guitar, were you like, I wonder if I could build a car, a guitar, or were you like, I know I could build a <laughs> guitar. Thing. It's like, I wonder if I could build a car. And then he ended up with a guitar and it's like, well, <laughs> it's like, damn, well, this is kind of cool. <laughs> Close enough. Still not bad. Um, but I mean, like, how did the first time go? How was your first time, Kevin? That's what Phil's asking. Yeah. yeah. Was it, how awkward was your first time? <laughs> wow. And did you um, cry? <laughs> <laughs> Only a little bit. 
Um, no, the, the, the first guitar was a parts caster. Um, just because, like, I figured, I mean, it's something that I had been thinking about for a long time, kind of obsessing over. And, and I've said it before where it was like, I, I was kind of hoping it just would fail because I wanted to, like, get it out of my head. Like, it's just, you know. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like, at least I could, you know, fail and go, okay, cool. I tried and let me move on. Um, so it was, you know, over time, really, I just kind of saved up money and, and kind of acquired the parts from different places. Like, it has a warmth neck and an all parts body. Um, you know, the, the pickups, even the pick guard, like, they all came from different places. And honestly, it came together really well. The design of a Strat is really conducive to that. You know, the, it was it was engineered to be like real modular and, and to come together really easily. So, um, you know, with a soldering iron and a screwdriver, essentially you can, you can construct the, or, or, you know, assemble the pieces and, and construct a guitar out of it. And it worked out. Um, so you count that as your first build. Yeah. Should I not? Cause I feel like, <laughs> Well, I feel like, Does that mean I'm a luthier? No, yeah, I, feel, I don't. I feel like what when I see pictures of what you do now, I, I look at it and I go, I, I could never do that. Or maybe more accurately, I could n never do that well. And what you just described as your first build is like, well, it's kind of like Legos, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I mean. It's well, kind of like I, Bill. It's like how everyone plays little league baseball, yes. but not everyone makes it to the majors. Yes. It, well, yeah. and that's kind of like to your point, Cole, about being called a luthier. Like that's not something I refer to myself as, um, because like to me, luthiers, I don't know. Like I guess the origin of the word has loot in it. Like you know, these yeah, people like, like we're building guitar builders, basically. And they can build a violin. They can, you know, build all kinds of like stringed instruments. And it's like kind of a discredit to actual luthiers that have done the training and have the skills and, and all that stuff to, you know, compare myself yeah, to that. Yeah, it's like, think of it like a blacksmith or something. It's like it's just like, because you weld something, you're not like a trained blacksmith. Exactly. It's like, you know, technically, I guess myself. Yeah, like build a sword, you know? Right. It's still yeah. like, you know luthiery i guess as a practice but yeah. that doesn't make me some sort of luthier so no i don't call myself that so but well, i let's... do when i'm referring <laughs> when i'm telling people about how i know this famous luthier luthier vandros <laughs> exactly <laughs> so so Cole, i have a story about being just... luthier real quick <laughs> Um, it's not real. So uh, a while back, a friend of mine had an acoustic guitar and he wanted me, he wanted to put a pickup in it. So I, I installed it for him. I just like drilled out the, the block or whatever. Um, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> we were with another friend and he was looking at it. He's like, Oh, you got the pickup installed. And then I was like, yeah, you still owe me 60 bucks. <laughs> and then I wasn't going to charge him. Like that was a joke. But then I said, no, just kidding. And as I said, just kidding, he was going to say, okay. And I screwed myself out of 60 bucks. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Friends discount, 50 bucks. I had, a, I had a similar experience yesterday. I traded uh, the Bit Commander. Mm -hmm. 
I, I was told by a few people that particularly Paul Pennington that that pedal is not very usable and they were not wrong. <laughs> pedal was so funny. I've heard people say they love it, but I've never actually seen anyone use it. It's, it's like a, you know, it's like an octave pedal. And so maybe it's cause I haven't done enough with octave pedals, but it's very finicky on like actually picking up the note, you know, like you just have to do like very defined single note. Right. It doesn't work for chords. <laughs> yeah. So I traded it for this boss looper. Um, Lupa. An RC three. So I go to meet the kid. First of all, I message him, we're messaging back and forth and I was driving like a half hour to go meet him. And I was like, okay, I'll probably get there around two 30. So, uh, but I'll let you know when I leave. So I texted him at two message him at two and said, Hey, I'm leaving. I'll be there in a half hour. Message him a few more times at like two 40. He messages me back. Hey, I, th I left my phone upstairs. Sorry. I thought you were going to leave at two 30, not be here at two 30, but it's like, what kind of life are you living where you don't just like have your phone with you? Like, what's wrong with you? And then, and then he's like, he's like, okay, I'm on my way, but I left the box at my in-laws house. So do you want me to stop and get it? And I was like, well, how far out of the way is it? Is it two minutes? Is it an hour? And he said, it's like 15 minutes, but if you want to, instead of having the box, I can just Venmo you $20 to make up for not having the box. Whoa. And I was like, oh, yes, please do that. And then he, <laughs> so he gets there and he's all apologetic and everything, gives me the pedal and it has like the little power supply with it, you know. Um, and I give him the bit commander. We go our separate ways. And then he messages me a couple hours later and he's like, hey, I just realized I gave you the power supply with the pedal and that thing's worth at least $20, oh which first of all, uh... is not. it's not worth $20. And so he's like, so do you just want to keep that instead? And it's like, so what are you, are you telling me that one of my options is I can still have $20 if I meet up with you and give you back this $5 power supply? <laughs> Jeez. If so, I might do that. But, and I was just like, I just said, okay. And haven't messaged him back. Cause it's like, I just don't want to deal with you anymore. Cause I hate people sometimes. I hate people most of the time, but, but like how, like, honestly though, the most annoying part of that is, how do you go 45 minutes without looking at your phone? Am I just that addicted to my phone? I, so I would say maybe I've done it, but it's like very intentional. Yeah. Especially I, I when you know, that, like if you know that you're doing a deal with somebody in the near yeah. future, like that's the thing. Yeah, if exactly. You, if you're selling or buying something that day, then you can't be like, Oh, I left my phone upstairs. Just right. slipped my mind. Like that doesn't make any sense. Right. Crazy talk. But, but hang on, Kevin, I need to know. <laughs> I, this is I about can... me. This isn't about Kevin. Kevin, I could take, I could buy parts and I yeah. could put them together and, and, and assemble a guitar. I want to know carving a top, those pictures you posted. Is that Andy's guitar? Of, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sinusoid.com. Check out sinusoid.com for all your cable rope needs. Cable rope. <laughs> <laughs> um, that that carve is any kind of cord gorgeous. Really it's gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, Andy Andy's cables are gorgeous too, but right now I want to talk about how gorgeous that carve top is. 
And that's a very different thing from buying parts, buying a neck. Is there a question in here somewhere? Yes. How did you do that? Like, how, how are you, you so awesome? Jeez. How did you decide that? Because like making a neck is crazy hard, right? No, actually. Um... <laughs> okay. Sorry, Phil, you're wrong. No. <laughs> you know what happened was um, it just kind of like um, was like a stepwise kind of evolution into that. Like um, for several guitars, I was buying the necks but making the bodies because for the same reason, I thought, oh my goodness, how do you even build it? Like that's impossible. That's like a really common thing though. Like there's a couple guys locally who who will carve a body out of raw wood and then buy like an all parts neck or whatever. Right. And it's, it's definitely quicker that way for sure. Um, Cause the but, fret, like I would, I would see the frets as being a big, like yeah, milestone per, per, or a big hurdle. No, precision it's measurements. It's, it's really a matter I feel of like, like, I feel like it's not ability as much as like tools. Like totally. Yeah. I feel like right. I would need so many more extra tools. Like I, I could like, find the body same tools. If I had the same tools, tools as Kevin, I, I could build guitars like him. You could, but you right. also have to be able to use a ruler in the same precise way that Kevin does. I also well, can use a ruler. Well, you probably have like a jig, right, for cutting frets? Exactly, exactly. And that's, you know, um, somebody I was talking to, was it was the same conversation. It was like these three T's. It's like time, tools, and templates. Um, mm. <laughs> I was expecting talent to be one of those. Not Apparently in my case, that. no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not an R's either. So let no, me ask it, you this. Is it cheaper to buy an Equitz guitar or to buy the tools to make an Equitz guitar? Ooh. You the don't tools. Have to answer that. No, I mean, okay. of course, the tools would be, you know, <laughs> cheaper for sure. Um, because it's the time. Okay. That's that's where a lot of the expense comes in. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. Like technically for, for what mine sell for and the time that it takes. And granted, I know that I'm doing it the slow way, you know, as opposed to like... Mm -hmm having some sort of automation or something yeah like you haven't optimized your processes and stuff right which is okay with me you know but yeah. you know to well to, and you're, you're not like, to break it down it's like less than minimum wage so um yeah yeah but anyway it's, it's probably not even close to minimum wage is it not really no <laughs> but to you know for like to answer your question phil about building a neck like for example i've got a, a miter box um and a special pull cut saw that's the exact thickness of the the fret slot and there's okay. a little a little pin at the bottom of the the miter box and i've got these templates that are engineered and designed to fit like the exact you know floor of this miter box and there's a notch uh, where mm -hmm. every fret is supposed to be so you double stick tape your fretboard um, so you got to make sure your fretboard's perfect. It's got to be, you know, all the ed edge has to be square. And, um, you know, it's got, I run it through a planer, so it's like totally flat. And um, so you double stick it to this template and then you, you click it into each spot and cut the fret. And there's even a depth stop, you know, so you don't cut too deep. Um, so yeah, you cut each slot according to this template. Um, then I've also got templates for the, the the shit like the the sides like the profile of the neck you know from the the nut to the heel um oh yeah so a lot of you can't stuff is, you can't really do that by feel like that has to be square and everything no like this this base that i've done i did that 
without a full template. Like I only had a template for the heel, but I measured out, um, you know, the, the width of the nut and then the, the, the width at the heel and, and was able to, to kind of like use straight edges to run my router against. I've got the, the router bits that have a bearing at the top and then yeah. the, the cutting portion below. So, so you, um, you run that along the, the template and it cuts the wood underneath it flush yeah. to the template. So it's, you know, it's, as long as you've got the steps of the process down and you're not putting one thing ahead of the other, and then you learn that kind of by trial and error, like, Oh, <laughs> I need to, you know, like I don't shape the necks until, you know, the frets are already done. Um, I don't mm -hmm. cut the sides of it until after I've glued the fretboard on. Some people do it differently. Some people would, you know, totally, um, they would do the radius, they would do the frets, everything on the fretboard and then glue that to a neck. Um, so, oh. it, you know, people oh, really? have different steps. Yeah. But, but for my process, for what I have in my, you know, small little space here, um, it's all really pretty basic. It just, you just have to kind of take your time and, um, and, and use the templates and, and try to go through it the right order. But what? you could totally do it, man. What's the, man. You built so an like, amp out of fine red oak. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. The same red oak that's commonly used in wood flooring. It's, it's fancy. Yeah. And, and no templates. That's right. So, so in my mind, there's like, I've done a couple Warmoth parts casters, and those are like the absolute most basic skills and tools necessary where you need like a drill and, you know, a soldering iron and stuff like that. Yeah. And then there's all the woodworking aspect. If you're trying, if you're building something out of, you know, raw pieces of wood and then finishing is the other big like hurdle in my mind that I'd yeah, like that, to yeah, do. That's true. Like, I love the idea of it. And I've seen like Ryan did that. What did he just do? Like a silver sparkle flying V gold, or something? Glitter, uh, gold. Yeah. Yeah. It's like tinsel. Oh, it was. I was thinking there was two different guitars. Okay. So yes, no, but I, I yeah, see people. Gold. Like, what's how hard is like? What's the finishing process? What kind of setup do you have for that? That is a pain. Um, yeah, that, that for sure is is tricky. Um, and I'm sure it's really easy to screw up, right? It is. It is, and it depends on what you're shooting. But you know, the the general idea is you cannot do that in a hurry. Um, hmm. It's like you, you have to you have to keep it super clean because you know it's really easy for dust, especially you know if you don't have a dedicated like booth with the you know like right. some a place you can kind of seal up with like filtration and all that kind of stuff to keep dust and bugs and whatever else out of the air yeah, yeah. um but yeah you have to you have to have the, the technique you know spraying evenly whether you use a rattle can or compressed air you know um whether you're using nitro or urethanes any of those you know there are different processes but you you have to kind of build the the coats a coat um at a, or build the finish a coat at a time and it takes a lot i mean like a thin nitro finish is you know anywhere from nine to twelve coats of clear on top of the color yeah um, and that comes out really thin once you've you know polished it out and buffed it like com you know compared to a lot of the the production finishes that you would get maybe from like the fender factory or something like that. I mean, you've seen, have you ever stripped down a, like yeah. a production fender? Yeah. It's I mean, crazy. It's like insanely How, thick. Yeah. And it's hard. Like it's just, just thick, like wall of plastic that it takes forever to get yeah. through. It looks like they just dip it in plastic sometimes. 
Yeah. So that stuff goes on a lot heavier, you know, and, and they, they throw it on so heavy so that they can sand it flat, you know, with like less work to the wood underneath. Mm. I think I'm that's... not sure they prep it, but you know, it's, you can get away with a little bit Pe- more. When you think about building guitars, you, like most people think about the woodworking aspects of it, but I look at somebody like Cower and it seems like much of his skill lies in finishing and he's like insanely good at it. And that's what sets him apart from a lot of other builders. Is that that, fair to say? Absolutely. He takes it very seriously because what they've got with their UV finish is it, it's like the best of both worlds. It goes on. It's, it's a thin finish, you know, when all is considered, but it's like a a very resilient, very hard, um, durable finish too. And And it's like environmentally friendly, friendly because he can't be, you can't just be spraying hundreds of guitars with nitro, especially in California, right? Yeah, it's very tricky. Um, some places are, they've got whatever else they need. Like I know the Fender shop does. I believe Grover Jackson's place does. Um, they're probably like the only two, I guess. It's a volume thing too. So um, yeah, you yeah. can still get it like in a rattle can. Like in my case, um, you know, the very few that I do, I don't think are are an issue, but um I've tried, I've done water-based finish. I've done like a traditional like French polish, which was a lot of fun. It's like, uh, it's all shellac and it looks beautiful. It's like what they used to do, but you know, what actually, <laughs> bless you, what like luthiers actually do, you know, um, real luthiers. So I don't know, no matter, <laughs> what no matter what you're using, it takes a long time and you have to go very, you have to work very clean and very methodically you just can't do it in a hurry. Hmm. So what's the we're hardest finish here, you've ever we're done? We're just sitting here in awe at the at the <laughs> at what goes into building guitars. <laughs> yeah, so what's harder? Because I, I know there's a lot of debate about this, like it goes back and forth, but what's harder? Building a guitar or podcasting? <laughs> there's no wrong answer. <laughs> Um, probably podcasting, I would say. I think you're right. I think that's right. I think you're right. We had the idea, we had the idea of doing a podcast and none of us ever done one. And it took us like a day to actually do a podcast. So that was like, it's a pretty huge barrier. To do a podcast, but to send that thing out into the world. Yeah. To actually upload an edited podcast. (laughs) Well, and we use, and to be honest, we use this. I know this is kind of inside baseball. We use dozens of templates for our podcast. True. I've got jigs all over my recording. We just down, we download scripts actually, and we just read the scripts. You think about like you know people making guitars. You could make close to the same thing over and over and still be successful. Whereas a podcast, like you got to keep coming up with something fresh and interesting that each time. True. That's a lot of work. Man. <laughs> it can be a lot of work. <laughs> That's if you're you know if you a real podcaster, you choose to, to put that work in. I always say, well, find a job you love, and you'll never work a day in your life. <laughs> Do you say that, Aaron? <laughs> I always say that. That's what I always say. That's what you always say. You, you say that a lot. <laughs> most, most people don't know this, but Aaron is a high school guidance counselor, and that's, uh, true. that's what he says. <laughs> he gets to say that every day. <laughs> he has long hair, and he used to smoke weed, but he doesn't anymore. But like, he gets it. <laughs> he gets it. You know. I tell I tell that to the boys and to the girls. I say, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to be a, a joke, sexist, but 
I was no. going to say, find a find a find rich man, man. And, you, and you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to be honest, I will, I will take that advice for myself. You can marry into more money in one minute than you can make in your entire life, right? <laughs> that's what I always say. And that's what I did. <laughs> so what part do you hate about building guitars? Hmm. It would probably be like into the finishing side of things. You know, what's one thing that's kind of frustrating is like when you're working with something like mahogany, that's got like the open pores, you have to do grain filler and um, mm. it's just messy and, and it's kind of a drag. And it's that, that thing that you think you've got it right until you start like putting down coats of finish on it. And you see maybe there's a spot that like one little pore that, that didn't quite get filled or, you know, stuff starts sinking in. It's like anything that makes me have to go backwards is really uh, like the worst um yeah and I, it probably drives my daughter nuts like for me it's it's like standing still is one thing going forward is great but going backwards is like the worst you know i'm always well, telling her forward come on forward is it is it fair like <laughs> it seems like it's much easier to get a consistent finish when you're mass producing guitars and like you know, because I'm sure like Fender has some insane clean room that they have all kinds of, you know, machinery that makes sure there's never any dust in the air and stuff like that. Where like with a lot of boutique guitars, you you spend enough, you spend more time on it. And so it's more like there's more attention to detail and things like that. But it seems like it would, it's easier to get a consistent finish on a mass produced, you know, $500 guitar than it is on a, you know, $5,000 handmade guitar. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, when you look at the amount of um, whatever you call it, like the sealer or kind of what's underneath the clear on a lot of these production guitars, it is so thick um, that, you know. Yeah. So they're just like covering up all their, all the issues essentially. Right. And I'm sure with their process, like, you know, they wouldn't let something go through the big gash in it and it would, they would just fill it in with, you know, filler. But um, you know, you're right though. It is, it is more difficult, but I will say like, like one guy that I got to work with, he was less concerned about everything being totally, totally perfect. I mean, he would make his, his guitars really nice, but um, he worked down the street from a guitar center and he told me, he's like, you know, people buy from me because they want one that they know was made this way by my hands and, you know, yeah. in my shop. And wow. he's like, if it doesn't, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to explain because it sounds like he's trying to make it sloppy. He's not. But um, it's it's like a painter, you know, like like seeing the brush strokes in a painting. You know, it's it totally. can still be beautiful, yeah. but you like the um, the idea of of seeing a trace of the the artist in the the painting. And in his case, he would like he would put like a little ding. This is before like relicking was was a big deal, but he would put like a little nick like in the headstock or someplace kind of you know unobtrusive just because you know he didn't want them coming out totally perfect um he said if you want a perfect guitar and he kind of pointed to guitar series like go down there it'd be quicker and cheaper and you can go get one that came off the line and it and it's perfect um so i mean that's more of just an opinion and kind of his philosophy but you know it it helps like like in my case you know the the, the finishes are they're you know i'm definitely proud of them they they come out nice you know, so it's not like it's sloppy work that I'm just trying to make excuses for, but, <laughs> but I, I know that it's, it's different than, than what's going to come out of a factory, you know, like that real thick, like glassy, you know, polish that you could, you could, um, 
you know, it takes longer for the buckle rash and the, the dings and all that stuff hit because it's more durable. You know, the finishes yeah. that I have, you know, they're, they're thinner and they wear more easily. But the cool thing about most guitar players is they're okay with that. You know, they, they like, yeah. um, they like things kind of aging naturally. So I, I don't really do relic finishes or anything like that because in my opinion, you know, just play the heck out of the thing and, and let, let that happen on its own. You don't need me to do that yeah. for you. And also I believe too, like every, you know, and we've all had it, like the, the one guitar that we love the most or, or several guitars we love the most that you, you want to keep pristine and something happens to it. Like that little ding or that scratch, it has a story to it. And it's like, you think of it every time you see it, like, dang it. Yeah. And, and so yeah, it's totally. like, if I were to do all that to a guitar, then those would just be, you know, scratches without stories or dings without meaning. Yeah, you know? yeah. It's like, yeah, I'll let I'll let the customer do that. And I kind of like getting like I built that yellow. I built I built this yellow Wormuth guitar from scratch. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> apparently the whole like it has a side uh, output jack hole, you know, like a Telecaster, but it's smaller than a Telecaster. Apparently, would you call me? <laughs> freaking side jack hole you're just jack um, in here <laughs> so and uh here like i don't have the right tools and so i was trying to use like sandpaper to widen the hole because i don't have any files that are round which is like you yeah. know that's a pretty basic thing that somebody should have. And at one point, whatever I was using, I, I think it was just really thick, like 50 grit sandpaper slipped out and went like right across the finish on the side. And so there's <laughs> like this scraped part. And, and like for a second, I was like, oh, crap, that sucks. But then it's like, ah, eh, now I don't have to worry about getting more dings in it. You know, it has the <laughs> first yeah, one already. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm just still I'm I'm still distracted from their jack holing comment. <laughs> but do you do you like has your you do this as a side gig and and you talked about you, you're on the Luthierus podcast um, and I've thought a lot about one thing that you guys talked about. Shout out to Paul Roney. Uh, I yeah. am obsessed with your guitars, uh, <laughs> and you mentioned Me that hobby like there's like a line you draw or there's like a blurry line between having a side gig like a a part-time job and having a hobby right and you're kind of riding that line because like you said if you count it as a job you're not making nearly enough money to justify it but like if you just enjoy building guitars then making any money from it is a bonus because most people don't make money from their hobbies you know um has have things gone how you thought they would or are they headed in a direction that you like where you want them to go does that make sense absolutely yeah and and that's where i would say too you know my thing about forward like that's that's really what i'm trying to stay focused on the most is just going forward like not having these expectations of like you know i'm going to build some empire uh from my brand and and be able to quit my job because a lot of the guys that are making guitars, the, the amount of time that they spend on these, it's in, it's a nagging thought in the back of their minds. Like, you know, man, if I could just do this all day full time, you know, I could probably do a lot more and then they'd be better and blah, blah, blah. So there's um, what I was telling, like talking to Paul about is like, there's this kind of, it's a dichotomy. I guess probably mostly across guitar makers, but it's like, you're either doing it full time or it's just a hobby. And, and it's like, right. just, it's like a bad word in that case. Like, oh, it's just a hobby. Mm-hmm. And so in my case, 
you know, keeping things in mind, like, like the over justification principle and, you know, things where it's like something that you enjoy doing once you get paid for it and it starts becoming a bigger thing, like it changes the dynamics of like why you're doing it. Hmm. And, and yeah. a lot of people end up resenting things that they originally loved and were very passionate about because now it's like, you know, if, if it gets to a point where, Oh man, I need to build like three guitars this month or, you know, we're not going to be able to make this bill. Like that's not a position I want to be in. And so right. my day job, you know, it's a day job. It's good. It's uh, there's, and, and there's a lot that I'm learning about, you know, marketing and, and other things that I can apply here at the day job. And, um, and so, you know, without being resentful of it, like I can appreciate the, the purpose that it serves kind of as like fundraising, you know, um, to allow me yeah. to do this, but, totally. but since I don't do it full time, doesn't mean I don't take it seriously, you know? So I, yeah. I, I got, you know, I'm legit. I got the license and the, you know, all that kind of stuff. The, um, and it's great too, because going legit in quotes is, is also good because then you can get like the NAM membership, you can get the dealer pricing for parts, you know, it helps kind of reduce mm. your, your initial cost. Um, for, you know, parts and materials and things like that. Yeah. So I think, I think there's lots of examples, some that come to mind, but we don't necessarily need to mention specific ones, but of, of people who sort of jump in and start doing it full time. And then it basically removes all of the enjoyment out of it, you know? Right. And it can work. And, and you kind of have to have like, there, it's almost like, like the difference between being a fine artist and a commercial artist where, um, you know, it's, it's still a craft, but your attachment to that craft has to be, um, modified, I guess, if you want to make yeah. it, um, you know, mass produced or, you know, at the, in order to, to really make a, you know, a guitar business profitable, you have to, you have to create a lot of guitars and sell a lot of guitars, which means that you have to create guitars for pretty cheap and sell them for, you know, a, a solid amount. Um, so that means really like a removal of yourself as like this kind of fine artist, like craftsman yeah. thing, well, you know, you have to look at it like a product and it's like, a different, okay it's a different hobby though. It's just yeah. like a lot of people, like I think about Bob Taylor. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's this podcast called 60 cycle hum. And they had this guy named Bob Taylor on, uh, for one of their episodes. Uh, I think Aaron knows them. Um, <clears throat> like. Thing. One thing that one... people, it's hard to keep track. <laughs> <laughs> I it's... think I did have one with Bob Taylor once. <laughs> like you can tell, one thing that struck me about that whole episode and the whole conversation with him is that it seems like he's more passionate about business than he is about building guitars. Mm, kind of, I can not, not necessarily that he's not passionate about building guitars, but you think about. Well, you I don't think, think about guitar really builders and think like, oh, they are anymore. Well, I can answer that actually. I um, not to not to one up you, Aaron. Oh, no. I'm sorry in advance, oh, but here we go. I've got, I've got I hope two. Does. Am I I've wrong? Got two two Bob Taylor stories. Um, one is yes. My okay. um, my brother is is good friends with somebody who's related to Bob. He's like a cousin or nephew or something like that. Uh-huh. This already and, sounds. Fit. <laughs> so, I, have a Bob, I have another Bob Taylor story too, but go ahead. So it was, um, 
Aaron feels so threatened right now. I love it. I remembered one. Go ahead. I kind of feel bad, but this is, it's, it's really not about me. It's about how cool Bob Taylor is. So, um, okay. so my, my family. Mine's kind of, totally about me. My family pulled together and for my 30th birthday, they, they got me a, a tailor. And so my brother's friend was able to kind of set up a meeting with my dad and my brother to go down to the, like the Taylor factory and, um, and even meet Bob Taylor. And they said he was the nicest guy. He took the time to like talk to them. And so my dad told him, he's like, yeah, this is for my, my son. And Bob goes, Oh, hold on. And he, he gets, um, like some of his personal stationery, like a little, you know, card. And he says, you know, Hey Kevin, happy birthday. Hope you enjoy the guitar, Bob. And he just, you know, it's simple little gesture. And he just, you know, puts it in an envelope and hands it to my dad. So I still have that card. So, you know, the the guitar came with like a, a, a note from Bob Taylor and I got to, I got to meet him at NAMM one year and I shook his hand. You know, of course he doesn't remember, you know, he sees so many people, you know, and I, you know, I was like, I got to thank him for my guitar. And so anyway, my brother just turned 40 and, um, and so my dad wanted to do the same thing for his birthday. So we all kind of, you know, pulled together and, and, and got my brother a tailor and we did because he wanted to do the same. He wanted to bring me to the factory this time, the same way that he and my brother did. And so we got to meet Bob <laughs> again at the end of the tour. And um, so it was just my dad and I talking to friggin' Bob friggin' Taylor. And um, I was, you know, totally geeking out. Of course, I didn't say anything that, you know, I build guitars because that was, you know. <laughs> you know, I build <laughs> guitars too. Right. I, I, I do this too, Bob. That's not something you say to Bob Taylor. Um, <laughs> but anyway, he his passion right now is, is all about um, like forestry. He's yeah, doing yeah, a yeah, lot right. of really great work um, to not replace wood, but, you know, to, to focus on how do we put trees back? Like his example, and I may be paraphrasing him wrong, but he was like, there's no shortage of tomatoes because, you know, for all that we take, we replant. He says, the problem is we're just not replanting these trees mm-hmm. properly. And so he's, he's traveling the world, literally just countries. And he's, he's working with local governments and, and forestation and, and even like, like trying to figure out how to empower, like, you know, people that have their own land, like privately owned land yeah. to, to grow trees that can be used for guitars, you know, because to his point, it's like a piece of furniture or something you make wood out of, like, it's going to have a shorter lifespan, you know, may last a generation or two, but you know, an instrument, it's going to outlive a lot of people for a long time and, and serve a lot more function, you know? So anyway, he, super cool guy, just totally blew my mind. Very humble, um, but very, very like passionate at a, at a level that was like really humbling to, to talk to. Well, and I think that's why he's been so successful. Um, like he's passionate about business. He's passionate about, you know, uh, sustainability of, of wood and stuff like that. Like he's, he didn't just set out to say, Hey, I want to make a living by just building guitars. And that's my goal. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he's passionate about every aspect of running a business and, and marketing and, you know, everything it seems to me. And he was able to like, they, you know, a lot of the, the machines in their factory are like proprietary, you know, uh, inventions essentially um, for, for, making it repeatable, but in a way that's still retaining the quality. Uh, it was really, really impressive to see. Um, he's got a book too. If, if 
if you guys find this interesting, it's called Guitar Lessons, and he kind of goes through his whole story. Like, I mean, he struggled for a long time. He was coming up when the acoustic guitar was really out of fashion. So mm. it's it's a really interesting um, story. Well, he talked about that on the on the hundredth episode, I think. Like, I bet in some ways Martin could probably like thank him for their business too. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, he, like totally revolutionized, like revitalized the acoustic guitar thing. Well, and it was interesting hearing his take on on the electric, the solid body electrics, um, and that was super cool. That my when my brother and my dad got to meet him, like they got to try those out before they were really like announced. Mm. Like he had like a prototype in his office or something. My brother got to try it out, but it, it was really interesting. Jeez. I guess the challenge to to that not taking off as well. Like he said, everybody loved him, but nobody bought him. And and the yeah. one thing that really kind of struck me was he was saying like they might have been more successful had they not been taylor branded huh. something to that effect it was really interesting because all the association is you know the acoustic guitars and yeah yeah well, and, he, and he mentioned if they had been not necessarily if they kept the same body shape but if they had used like standard pickups and standard bridge assemblies right which is like that's a pretty Basically, common thing where you might buy like that made it what it is yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, I'd like, I'd like another, that. Just another electric, you probably would have sold. But that's the, that's the hard part about building electric guitars and, and yeah. trying to come up with something original. There's, and this is a whole other topic, but, you know, how original do people want these to be? You know, mm -hmm. they, they want yeah, enough totally. familiarity, but then they want something new, but then we end up going back. But you look at other brands, like, and this is only my opinion, but you look at like Fender or Gibson and the emails I get from the vendor, like, oh, brand new, whatever. And it's like, what's really different is like the color or, you know, maybe mm -hmm. it's, it's a, a slightly different pickup that they're using. But if they were to really right. reach and do something vastly different, it's not well received for the most part. People are like, oh, geez, just yeah. stick to what you do. You know, it's, it's a weird spot to be in. Yeah. People say they want something new, but they don't actually. They want like the same guitar from 50 years ago, but with a sparkly finish or something like that. Right. Freaking people, man. So Kevin, <laughs> make the same I'm, thing, but a little bit lighter. <laughs> I'm glad we had you on the show so you could talk about how amazing Taylor guitars are. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you, guys, you guys want to hear my, my other Taylor story? No. It's really short. Fine. It's really short. Let's see if it's better than my Taylor Bob Taylor story. Go ahead. My wife, my wife, um, my wife. Lived, lived across the hall from, <laughs> from one of Bob Taylor's daughters. That's it. <laughs> That's my story. Oh, you know what was cool? Was, um, I was hope there's going to be more to that. Like, I don't no, know. That's the whole. I told you it's really short. You guys, you guys want my short? Another? I, I got three Bob Taylor stories actually. Now you have three. Okay, <laughs> I come on. Sorry, to one up another one. No, 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 no. Oh, dude, this one's really short. Um, my wife is a huge fan of Jason my Mraz. Wife. My wife, big fan of Jason Mraz, and so we went to go see him in San Diego one year. Mm -hmm. And um, so at the show, there was like an intermission. And so I went, at, you know, go to the bathroom, get a drink or whatever. And Bob Taylor was out there walking around at the concert, but just as a regular dude, like he's, <laughs> I saw him walking around through the people and, you know, most of these people didn't know who he was and he wasn't yeah, like yeah. big most time. Most would it. not recognize him. And I think he had like worse seats than we did. Like he was in the back and, um, but it was so cool to think. It's like got was, him on StubHub or something. 
Right. I mean, but can you imagine, like, because he made, you know, those are his guitars that, that were being played at the concert. Like, what a feeling that must be to sit in the back of, uh, you know, this, like, beautiful, like, performing arts center and, and see this whole show. And people are, are making art on the art that you made. And it was, like, super cool. It was great. I didn't bug him. I didn't say anything. I just kind of saw him and figured he just wanted to be a, a normal person. And, yeah, it was, it was impressive, I thought. That's awesome. That is cool. If I, if I was ever one thousandth as famous as Bob Taylor, I'd just be like trying to get everyone to pay attention to me. <laughs> like, do you know, do you know who, who I am? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Big shot coming through. <laughs> I want everyone to know I'm an industry professional. <laughs> You guys should have that on like uh, shirts, like um, you know, Cole. You were talking with Clifton, and he was talking about making a splash at at Nam. Like that'd be rad if you guys are all walking around in t-shirts that just said "industry professional" on it. Gosh dang it! We we've, we've been talking about that for a that while. That was our plan last year. We didn't have enough time yeah. to actually implement it, but we were just going to have black shirts with white text that said "industry professional," <laughs> and it was going to be in Comic Sans. <laughs> <laughs> And that's my the greatest regret of my entire life is that we didn't make those shirts and wear them to Nam. Now it'll never happen because you're gonna die before. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm not supposed We've, to. Uh... I'm not supposed to talk about my psychic visions. Oh, <laughs> I thought you were just assuming I'd die of like a heart attack or something because that's so unhealthy. So, so can I tell my Bob Taylor story? So get your, get your, no, get your, get your affairs in order, Cole. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bless you, sir. Did this happen okay. before where I joked about someone dying and then they died? Oh. I feel like it did. No. I can't remember. No, what happened was we we somebody died, we talked about that person dying and then you made a couple jokes about did this so, person die yet? And then afterwards you said, "What if that person dies before this podcast release releases?" I'll feel really weird. Oh. No, it wasn't that same person though. It was, yeah, it was yeah, right around was Christmas. It. Who? Because a bunch of people died right at the same time. It was like Carrie. Yeah, there's a couple celebrities. Uh, can't remember who else. Carrie no, Fisher's it was back. Mom. It was before that though. Okay. Yeah, there was like two different like threes. Three people died wave, at different times. Wave after wave. So, Phil, yeah. what's your Bob Taylor story? I don't have a Bob okay. Taylor story for anyone listening at home. In case you're wondering, so my Bob, zero Taylor story. Bob Taylor stories. So I'm in San Diego and I'm at this burrito place. And then uh, this man, he's standing next to me. And I thought he looked familiar. Burrito place or just normal burrito? Uh, it was a regular burrito place. Wait, and was, he it a, familiar. was it a tortilla burrito place or a non He looks, place? <laughs> he looks familiar. He but I'm not sure where I Because where not I, everyone knows. I'm not did, sure where I Did it have a door? Did it have I windows? <laughs> yeah. Did this place have a roof? Were you wearing clothes <laughs> at the time? <laughs> Irrelevant. Irrelevant. Oh, so all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I feel like a roof man. is an essential part of a building. I don't know how you could say it's irrelevant. It's an essential not part of the story. A roof. He oh, said it was a place, story. not a building. So you're saying the story man. would just imply that there's a roof on the. Okay. <laughs> So this man, Wait, are he you saying that if you're telling a story, grabs his gut, and the the main point is not the the, and and you're asking about what's inside the building, that it's distracting to talk about the roof. 
that it's not relevant to the actual conversation. Oh, this is so great to be here to like hear (laughs) Phil's story get interrupted, like in live. Like I feel like I'm there. (laughs) All right, Phil. Sorry. So the man. Somebody says. Somebody says. Oh my gosh! Is anybody a doctor? Is there a doctor in the house? And I run over to him. Not a doctor, but I realize. (laughs) Why did you run over to him? I assess nobody was helping. I assessed the situation okay. and realized this man's Binocular appendix is about to burst. So what? I pull out my knife and I not cut true. open and I pull out and his appendix bursts in my hand and did I save that man's life. Did you and throw you know it like what? a grenade? <laughs> no, it just kind of, <laughs> it kind of like, it just kind of like burst. Like it was just, it was like, it wasn't an explosion. It was just kind of like a, like yeah, they say, hand. they say burst, but that's a little, you know, that was an oh, yeah, episode exactly. in, in The Simpsons when uh, Bart really wanted a pocket knife. Oh, he had yeah. This, this vision of saving somebody, like. Yeah, and he, like, <laughs> he throws it, he throws it, and then, like, dives behind a thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Wow, Phil. So that's, then, that's a great story. So then Bob Taylor's laying there with a, an open wound, and he looks up at me and he goes, What's your name? And I said, Phil, Phil Eisenhower. And, he, and I said, What's your name, sir? And he goes, Bob Taylor. Thank you so much. You just saved my life. And I said, hey, anytime. What was your name? And he goes, Bob Taylor. And I go, okay, cool. See you later, Bob. <laughs> You're like, that's a pretty nondescript name. I gave, I gave him the finger guns, and then I walked off into the sunset. That's a true story. It happened a couple years ago. Did you sound um, like what, call you Bobby. Were you at Roberto's? Did this happen at Roberto's? No. Is that where that guy was borrowing what, that bike? What burrito place was it? doesn't matter it really one, does I, the one without the right minds want to know just make up a spanish name phil it's racist. yeah it was uh <laughs> no i said spanish because they're like burritos from spain they have like what part of, what part of san diego <laughs> inside the burrito yeah but isn't a burrito it was the southern actually... part of san diego oh was it in el cajon no uh weird because that's where bob works and lives Oh, he okay. can't go well, anywhere else and eat yeah, burritos? I, he goes, he goes like places. some kind of weird OCD recluse who doesn't leave. You think he's going to drive 45 minutes for lunch? He drives to the best burrito place. On a work day? I didn't say you it was a work day. He's wasting all his time driving around. Yeah, I'm pretty sure vacation. it was a weekend. It was on a weekend. I'm pretty sure if, you, if it was, you would have specified that. He, was, he lives in I, El Cajon, but he was taking a vacation in like, dang it, I don't know any other... I don't know any other city. I don't actually know if he lives in El Cajon. Encinitas is in LA. I'm sure he does not live in El Cajon. Encinitas is not in LA. I don't know why I said that. Um, Encino? Encilada. I was thinking of El El Cerrito. El Segundo. (laughs) Just make up a Spanish sounding name. That's probably a city down there. Racist. Is that? (laughs) (laughs) It was uh, El, El Playas. Uh, Verde. That was the burrito place or the city or both? Both. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it was it was L L Playas. Los Los Playas. They're really bad with articles. You know you can just put you can just put L in front of everything in Spanish. Aaron. Hey, you know that right? At the turn at the turn of the century. Americans were not good at na- naming things with Spanish names, okay? <laughs> it's not my fault. By, they still aren't. By white Americans. Yeah. It's not they my fault. Yeah, they're still terrible at it. 
Like Taco okay, Bell? Gonna, That's Bell isn't even guess. a Spanish word. <laughs> Bell. <laughs> Taco Bay. Taco Bay. 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 Uh, that's good stuff. So now, um, all of our viewers, uh, why don't you let us know who has the best Bob Taylor story out of the uh, three of us? Phil does. Kevin sure. or Aaron? I'm gonna say it's Kevin is one. <laughs> Me and Cole are three A and three B. Cole doesn't have seven. a story. Cole doesn't have a story. That's the point. Cole admitted to not having a story. That's the point. Yes, Cole Your did. Story is worse. Story. It's because I admitted to not having a story instead of, you know, not admitting <laughs> to not having a story. So, guys, I want to take this opportunity to tell you about the Boss MS3. It's this new uh, switching system that I got. It has multi effects built in. Has a uh, two hundred banks. No, never mind. That's I cool. Figured I figured you would have interrupted me by then. I, I'd like to take this time to uh, thank Sinusoid for sponsoring us, um, and also for sending for sponsoring me... this gem of a podcast. <laughs> this one's a real winner. Real knocked it out of the park with this one. S- sending me some pretty awesome cables. Um, and uh, why don't also... you give us some of the details of those cables? No, they're awesome. He already said that. I know, yeah, but the deep... for I'm saying like if someone else maybe wanted to buy a cable and what do you think this is like an advertisement for them details instead of just worthless meaningless superlatives okay so i got um this uh they they sent me a super awesome gear slum red uh mic cable and um i believe that's a 15 footer i don't know if anybody can just anybody can get a 15 footer but I can't. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> Aaron would rather have me talk about the MS3 right now, I think. That's, <laughs> that's how bad this is getting. Okay. So then um, there's also uh, an instrument cable that I love so much. And I've already used it a whole bunch playing um, playing out. Um, and it is a uh, red cable with black uh, Tex-Mex. <laughs> <laughs> and um, are you saying it's and that was a ten queso? footer? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like the absolute worst, like the Costco <laughs> queso that you buy in the five-gallon <laughs> jug or whatever. Well, well, some some fast food no, like restaurant queso. just introduced queso. Oh, I was just there. Uh, uh, Wendy's. Yeah, and every time really? the commercial comes on, they say queso over and over again, and I just sit at home saying, queso. Queso. Not queso. Queso. <laughs> I correct so, in my home. Okay, so let's get on track here. Okay, so. So. Yeah, covered in a uh, seven-layer dip. Uh, Deep. Yeah. But like Costco. <laughs> Costco. <laughs> <laughs> deep. So uh, deep. Aaron, it's it's not a slate. It's the which one is it? Is that what the it reason, is? The reason Phil said he wasn't sure if anyone yes. can get the cables that he has is because he has no idea what cables. Are. <laughs> <laughs> I 
here's the thing. This is so. This is the difference between a hobby and a side job. This is why this is a hobby for Phil because the actual, the only part of this that actually a side job he is not interested in. Here's the problem. It is I red. We got that far. I, well, Kevin, thanks for coming on to do your five minutes. <laughs> your five minutes. <laughs> check out, bit. check out Equits guitars. They're at uh, kevinequits.co.uk. <laughs> right. No, one thing I was gonna say. No, it's is Kevin Equits. You, Kevin's full time job. Go to equits.com. E dash. Find out how yeah. you quit your job. Go to That's like E dash. Q W I T Z. Just go search on LinkedIn for like nerdy IT marketing guy or whatever. What do you do exactly, Kevin? He builds guitars. <laughs> my uh, my background's in graphic design. So um, right now I, I'm technically, uh, what do they call it? Creative services manager. So I manage a team of uh, graphic designers and um, for like an internal marketing department. I wasn't even close. So graphic, graphic design, is that when you design like pictures of like just really explicit stuff yeah, yeah like, super graphic yeah. like faces of death but for yeah. one company yeah it's like it's mostly drug cartel related you know <laughs> pretty much so i was gonna say when you were talking about <laughs> hobby versus side job are you loving all this free publicity kevin <laughs> uh which, I guess Please don't mention my real job. <laughs> the, the more you say side job, the more it starts to sound like someone that you have an affair with. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Kevin, tell us about your side piece. <laughs> I, was at, I was at my side job just now. <laughs> I was just buttholing at my side job. Just that side I have a whole team. <laughs> I manage a team. I manage a team. No, like, that's, his, that's his regular job. It's illegal, I think. Um. <laughs> Like you're go go to equitsguitars.com just because it is actually a very nice website and a lot of people whose passion is uh, building things in an artistic way are not good at building websites and a lot of times their websites <laughs> are total garbage. So I appreciate the fact that your website is very nice. Thank like you. the analog man website is terrible, dude. It is like it's offensively bad. It's like. You would use that in your like intro to programming class to be like, have don't talk about this before. It's not even yes, just yes, bad. We it's have. like hard. Yeah. It's hard to read. Jamie, Jamie it's Davis. Like, I'll, I'll, cut that out. I'll cut out when I said his name, but Jamie Davis uh, was ordering a King of Tone and he was like asking, he was genuinely asking me questions like what options are available? Cause I literally can't tell from this ordering website. <laughs> like it is so hard to read that I, he's asking some random dude on the internet, you know, anyways. So, Kevin, thank you for being uh, better than a analog man. I'm a tastemaker. I bought this. Is there anything else you want to say, Kevin? I paid for this. Uh, no, other than thanks for friendship. No, that's it, man. Awesome. Hey, thanks you for wanna, friendship. You want to weigh in on the uh, tortilla essential ingredient thing? That's not the argument. The argument is not if a tortilla, if a tortilla is an essential. That is the argument. That's, that's the argument. That is not that's the argument that you are having with no one else. With nobody. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, nope. that whether answer. it's whether it's off as a as an option or tortillas <laughs> on a burrito or cord cable or wire. We gotta got give no a shout opinions out. on my yeah. end at all. Ryan, by the way, that, that reference in the 50-50 video was wasn't that rad. Oh man, that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> oh, that was great. Because it's kind of it. snuck in there, like kind of subtle. Yeah, yeah. 
it makes you wonder like people who don't know the background be like off what the heck why would it yeah yeah why, would why i love it is because that's an argument that we have but that we actually are sort of lighthearted about it where the tortilla argument like genuinely makes us hate each other and want to kill each other correction it makes the two of you hate someone else want to kill want to kill you here's what it feels like don't say don't speak for me and say that i hate anyone else i love you guys bill that's because you're wrong. You're you're like, why would you hate anyone? You're just you ignorant. Refuse to acknowledge reality when you're having that conversation. It's infuriating. Kevin, you're gonna be the end of this podcast. How is that gonna make you feel? You lead to the downfall. This episode's not even gonna get uploaded because I'm gonna throw my computer out the window. <laughs> not my fault. Don't blame it on me. Yeah, don't blame Kevin. Blame Phil. Yeah, blame Phil. <laughs> Thanks for friendship. Thanks for friendship. Thanks for friendship. Thanks for friendship. pause your rhythm there and i got off no i didn't pause my rhythm google hangouts paused my rhythm <clears throat> do rhythm they pause my rhythm you guys do like <laughs> jumping jacks or something is that so you can sync up your audio yeah yeah oh okay i just pictured you all doing jumping jacks while you're doing that yeah burpees <laughs> it's burpees i do carry burpees. I was doing sit-ups. I had someone holding my feet down and everything. <laughs> One, three, four, two, two, three, four, three, four. One, don't you feel dumb. Two, look at you. You sound like Bob Dylan now. Yeah. Ew, look at you. <laughs> oh, that's not bad. <laughs> Welcome to the Gears Love.